and gents. What's good, people? It's Shredge. It's Stone. And we're right here at the biggest summer festival ever, Reggie and Stone Fest. You know what I'm saying? We've got all the greatest acts you've ever wanted to see. We've got Jigga. We've got Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got all requires a small fee. You know what I'm saying? Vaccine-free COVID test and you're in. You know what I'm saying? Just wire us directly $1,000 and we got you covered. <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's safe enough to go back to fire festival type scans now that we have. <laughs> <laughs> now things are looking clearer. S- special appearance by the the Delta variant. So it's a special appearance by Delta variant. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll be honest, if you really think about it, the Delta variant would have been a fantastic band name yes. in like the arts. Yes, like an emo band that would yes. been perfect. The Delta variant, awesome. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> oh man. Oh uh, well. I, I hope y'all are staying safe. Seriously, like sh- shit's getting crazy out there again. Yeah. It's, you know, stay safe. Stay out of Florida. If you're in Florida, move to 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 refugee status. To like you know maybe to another surrounding state. I don't know which one. I don't but, know uh, either. Don't come to New York though. Come to New York. Yeah. Stay. Stay. Stay southern. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Swim to Cuba. Make it make it to Cuba. <laughs> uh all right. I think on a, on a positive note, you know, um industry rule number four thousand and eighty, you know, a lot of traditionally black artists getting screwed by the music industry is pretty much business as usual. Although, surprisingly, one of the curveballs of post-COVID is that it looks like we might actually have some, I don't want to necessarily say success stories, but some justice in the music world. Yeah. Well, I'll say one of these stories, it's justice, and the other is a little iffy. A little <laughs> iffy. A little, little, little biz as usual. A little, you know, you know, just lawsuits, hatred, money getting stolen by managers. Possibly, possibly not, you know? But, you know, it, it might not be. Let's, let's not be cynics yeah. in, in, this, in, in the age of the apocalypse. Well, well, let's talk about the iffy one first. Uh, you know, Aaliyah, which is, uh, you know, look, Aaliyah not being on streaming services has always been... Uh, a huge, huge, huge thing. Probably one of the largest artists, I think, um, not on streaming services. And which is kind of crazy because I do feel like, you know, the kids are listening to 90s and 2000s R&B, like early 2000s R&B. That's, that's, that's vintage. You know, that's literally 25 years ago, you know. Um, so, you know, Aaliyah not being on there and being one of the top stars from that era, it's always been a crazy thing. And we realized that it was because of basically, you know, Aaliyah, like a lot of artists, didn't own the rights to her music. Her estate didn't own the rights to her music. Um, basically, her uncle, um, who created Blackground, like owned the rights to the music. And uncle is kind of shady. There's some shady stuff there. Um, and essentially, what happened was, you know, this week. And I think there's some other people who are, who are returning to streaming services. And this week, you know, they announced that Aaliyah will be on, like, all streaming services. Um, Blackground 2.0 is the new version of the label. <laughs> 2.0. Um, and, you know, they posted something. And, of course, Spotify is like, yo, we're going to get mad paper. So Spotify posted something. Everybody got excited. And then the estate of Aaliyah 
was like, yo, like this, we had nothing to do with this. We're probably not going to get the money from this, you know, kind of listen at your own risk. And it, it kind of like my emotions went from like up here all the way down, like, you know, sad horn, womp, womp, you know, um, and I'm kind of conflicted, <laughs> you know. It's a tough, you know what it is? Uh, I don't know. Part of me is just like the idea of where I struggle with it because at the end of the day, she didn't really have kids or kin. So yeah. it's a weird space. It'd be different where you're stealing money out of, out of somebody's mouths. That said, you know, her mother, the other survivors probably deserve to get a cut. Who knows who it is? Because you can make the argument that, you know, it's her uncle. You know, he was in charge of her career. There's something familial happening there, so it's not completely out of the way. But then you makes you wonder if it's just like, hey, you know, you know, people arguing over money because they want a bigger check, or is it some shit where it's just like, you know, Britney Spears and the father, where you know, you it looks like there's some actually nefarious things here happening, you know, with people with ulterior motives. It's hard to kind of say either or, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um. Yeah. It'd be one thing if it was like I think it's like I said, if it was just your regular, you know, A and R at Sony and shit. I I don't I get mad, but like I said, what's weird about this is kind of technically, you know, it's it's like you know her uncle versus her mother, so it's yeah. like it's yeah. a weird fight to kind of like because who knows maybe she hated her moms. I don't I don't know. We don't know what the situation is. It's, it just sucks that you know. In the wake of her death, there isn't that togetherness. There isn't that, you know, there's enough of, of a bag here for all of us to get a cut. Why are we fighting? You know, we need to kind of put a unified front to make sure her legacy lives on. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, to be honest, and I was having a conversation about this, you know, because I'm kind of going through, like, this whole, like, creating a will stuff and, like, who you leave something to. Oh, like, the grown man shit. You know, yeah, like, who who do I leave my vinyl collection to, you know? <laughs> um and I, like this is not and I've gone through some like you know crazy family will custody things you know this is basically the same energy just with like music right which is you know it's different from like say like a bank account or whatever this is like somebody's life work yes. so I understand like where the drama is coming from I understand the family conflict um, I've gone through a few of those things like you know just within my own family um, and yeah, like there's no real winners here. I mean, I guess the, the public is winning um, because the public will actually hear the work. Um, you know, I, I hope at some point, you know, um, the estate or like other people um, can at least get some type of proceeds. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's like I said, I'm, I'm still conflicted. I, I, I probably will stream um you know like all the music like one in a million drops on the 20th romeo must die drops on september 3rd Aaliyah drops september 10th like i probably will listen to all those things maybe i'll listen to it on like a free account or something you know <laughs> just just uh just so they won't get the the ultimate amount of stream money because i don't know where that money's coming from but um yeah you know as a, as a fan it's very conflicting but um, it is it, it is nice to have Aaliyah music out because I do think Aaliyah's legacy is not it's it's almost become underrated in a lot of ways. Yes, just because we don't get to hear the music, you know. And I feel with, with Aaliyah, like I said, we don't get to hear the music, and also like. And it's gonna sound like I'm dissing her, but not. But that whole whisper wave, like like Tanashi is Aaliyah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. There's a lot of direct. Yes direct descendants to fucking 
like like what she was doing. And so like it's kind of unfortunate where, you know, you have Trick running around for Leah fucking tattoo, where she still gets name dropped. Like like she hasn't left pop culture in a very interesting way. So it's kind of in a weird space of where you have like, you know, your Gen Z kids growing up and it's just like, you know, they, uh, you know, even the f- idea of where the, the dancing, the choreographed dancing, like imagine yes. if that was like, imagine if that was an easy fucking like, oh shit, here's an Aaliyah dancer bringing back as a TikTok dance. Like I said, it's just kind of her time to thrive. If it, Like this is her era. And like I said, it's, it kind of sucks that she hasn't had a chance to like, you know, have that same respect as her peers. But like you said, it sucks the circumstances, but I'm not mad. I mean, hopefully that maybe the bag kind of when the money starts coming in, it'll be a little bit more fair. Who knows? You know, I do know that apparently an album is going to quote unquote come out with like Drake. And I think I forget who else. Maybe it was like Ty Dolla Sign. I forget who else is on it. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know if we necessarily need that. <laughs> I, I thought I thought that was scrapped. I th- no. They, so it was scrapped. But with this deal, they hinted that they oh. might. I'm assuming that a lot of the work has been done. So I, they're gonna. We don't need that though. Yeah. We, we don't. We don't need that. Come on. Yeah. No. Agreed. <laughs> I. You're asking. I. I agree. Hundred percent. But you know, it's it's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. On to like brighter news. Better news. Better. Yeah. Better news. Uh. Um, in, in this whole streaming debacle. Yes. <laughs> Uh, long story short, and we've had issues like this before. Um, De La Soul, De La Soul, seminal hip hop group, you know, pretty much kind of set the tone for how to make sound collages, how to make sampling. If you if you've ever liked hip hop skits, which is probably most of you don't, <laughs> but if you ever heard a good hip hop skit, it's because of De La Soul. There's an important seminal group where without De La Soul, you could make an argument you wouldn't have Tropical Quests. You would, a, a lot of little things happened within that era, and they were very imp- important in that era. Um, they've been fighting with Tommy Boy even before the era of streaming. Like they, yeah. they've been. It's it's this has been a beef forever over owning their masters. Um, but it looks like things have changed. Earlier this year, a private equity fund, I believe, bought out some of their um, a shitload of masters from record labels. Um, their masters were included. Um, about a month ago, I believe the head or somebody involved in that hedge fund was kind of saying, private equity firm was kind of saying, hey, we really want to work with the artists to get their shit back on the air. Um, yeah. They were specifically asked about De La Soul. And it looks like as of this week, a deal was made where at the end of the day, it's probably you know going to be a revenue share, but... Ultimately, De La Soul will own their masters. Full stop. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is very. I mean, first of all, like, like in, uh, for artists to own their masters after shoot like twenty five, thirty years. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's crazy, and and it's kind of just crazy that like De La Soul's been fighting for for this long. Um, it was just like a very happy story, right? Like I I like watched like. A, a bit of the live stream and you kind of kind of tell like they were just like relieved and happy um you know and just kind of like excited at the same time and again like daylight soul is another artist that i feel it's gotten underrated because yeah. you know they their music is not on streaming like you know tribe you still get a lot of props for tribe but you can you know listen to tribe albums like kind of everywhere um yeah. 
Whereas Daylight came out of that same, like you said, like like Daylight kind of influenced Tribe came out of that same culture. But people don't mention Daylight just because you can't really access their music. Agreed. Um, so I'm, I'm actually glad too because like private equity firm was just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna buy all this music, and like and like they could have sat on it and they didn't because they, they actually see the value. <laughs> You gotta make that money, baby. That, that you know, equity don't come from out of nowhere. Yeah, you know they see the value of the music, um, which is also cool, and and just kind of the crazy. It's crazy too, like like Tommy Boy. All like they're just talking about all the the crazy deals that Tommy Boy offered, like ninety percent, like ninety ninety ten. You know, <laughs> when this was like maybe like two years ago, apparently they offered they came back with a ninety ten deal, like like two thousand twenty twenty. Trying to like bring like '90s era like record label label shadiness <laughs> <laughs> to the table. <laughs> Come on, fam. Um, so uh, so yeah, no, I'm 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 happy and excited for Day Also and happy to have that music on <laughs> the streaming services. Yeah, no, and and you nailed it too. It's the idea of where even like. Tropical Quest looms again. It's another band that looms large in pop culture. You know, they they played the Grammys a couple of years ago. You know, it's something where you know I, I hear I hear white weird indie artists name check Tropical Quest. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And their legacy has kind of lived on. And then, like I said, it's it's it kind of sucks to that soul because a lot of those early records, like you know this. It's, I, I, it's literally brought sampling to the mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Go follow those early De La Soul records. The idea of taking a loop, you know, that was, you know, th- that was a, those, those records were songs. That, like, you know, they went platinum. Like, the, yeah. that, that, that's where, you know, this whole new musical form, I won't say it, mature, I won't say it invented it, obviously, but it matured with that De La Soul during that De La Soul era. So it kind of sucks where, you know, they kind of relegated to like this weird fucking, you know, footnote where only us old heads, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, no, you know for, for our gray beards can be like, yo, there was a dope band. So, and I was even watching because I watched Me, Myself, and I, even this basic ideas of just like clothing and style, like this is their time. So it's, it's like I said, another underrated like art act that's kind of getting their props right when, you know, I think that people are ready to appreciate it. So, you know, good for them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then what else? Um, hmm. Uh, womp womp. I guess we'll talk about back to the COVID. Uh, but this is semi good news. Um, Lollapalooza, aka Super Spider Event, you saw on all your social media for the past like two weeks. Throngs of people, three hundred fifty thousand, all stamped together. I actually watched a little bit of a Brockhampton show. They apparently they posted it online. It looks looks just like I I, I caught the COVID just from watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> just the throngs. People rapping and not saying their words. Despero flying through the crowd. There's thousands of people crammed to take camera, screaming the words back to them. I just, I, uh, I feel a little cough this morning. <laughs> but apparently, despite my deep New Yorker neuroses, nothing really happened. For everybody that rolled through the fucking the Lollapaloozas in Chicago, the Pack Fucking Park, only 20 cases of COVID, give or take. Which, all things considered, is is, is probably business as usual for that area anyway. Yeah, definitely. And this is this is news that's coming out like during the whole kind of uh, vaccine mandate era where we're we're at right now, where you're you know basically bars and clubs and venues are going to require like a vaccine mandate or like a you know, I I think it's it's not you know now it's kind of like oh or you can have a negative test. I think it's going to be straight up mandate. You gotta have the vaccine. Um, 
and yeah, no, it's 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 good to see because I, I saw that hundred thousand people. I'm just like, yo, this shit is going to be. <laughs> 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 oh man, um, but you know, Lollapalooza required like the vaccine or like negative tests. Obviously, there are people that got in with like fake CDC cards and things like that. Like that was a thing. But um, but even among that whole crowd that have like two hundred so like positives like that that's crazy. I mean, Lollapalooza is something I would not do even pre pandemic. Like I would not be. <laughs> there's no way. Like I, yo, most of y'all know I hate festivals. Like I'm I'm not a festival person. I don't like sitting out in the sun for like next to like like fifty thousand people in Mali. You know, like I like I was way too old for that like ten years ago. Um, <laughs> You know, although, although Newport, Newport's my speed. Like old man festivals, that's old my man speed, festivals. Man. Yep, that's you know? that's it, man. But um, but yeah, no. So like it it it's it's good to see. Um, and I think we were talking about this earlier. It's like this is just kind of the future of of going out. I think it's like you might get COVID, you know, and hopefully the vax is is continuing to work and you know hopefully like you know you can mitigate if you want to wear a mask wear a mask but i mean it's kind of it's kind of a thing but like i i i think with something like that i'm more i think i'm more excited not excited but i'm more like i'm less cautious about my odds right like if if i know i can go to an event like Lollapalooza and like less than one percent of people get infected it, it it gives me a little bit more confidence to do uh, to go out to live music. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a taste of normal. It's the idea of where you know everything's opened up, but we never. But at the end of the day, it opened up for outside forces. Let's just say, um, I don't think anybody knew it it would work. They were hoping it would work. Um, I think the idea of where you have a lot of pollution that's opened up. And and for the most part, like I said, the like I said, the infection rate saying so low. That's a positive. That shows that long story short, it's a way forward. We can't have fucking festivals. I think it's interesting that you know, in the wake of Lollapalooza, I believe definitely AEG, and I believe Live Nation also kind of said that you know it's going to be vax card mandatory in the near future for their shows. I think it kind of shows that hey, you know, we might have to make some adjustments. But you know, if you want to go out there, you can go out there and be reasonably, you know reasonably safe. You know, the same math you do as far as you know. Possibly getting stabbed at a rock show. Possibly getting shot at a hip hop show. Possibly getting trampled at a Justin Bieber show. You know what I'm saying? You know, bad Molly at a fucking Calvin Harris show. You know, those normal math that you do now, you just have to add that little COVID in there. But, you know, it's well from the range of error. You know what I'm saying? You can go out there and live your life. So I think it's important for that to have happened. Um, I, are, are we ready to go back to full time? I don't think so. Obviously, the vaccination rates are pretty low. Particularly in certain areas, areas shouts to Florida, but uh, I do think that it shows that hey, if we do the work, if we do the work, dear God, please, let's all do the work. We could get back to normal. Yeah, I, I, I don't. And I was telling you before this, like, I, I don't, I don't want to go back to an era where, where things are shut down again. Um, yes, and I mean, yes, I understand. Like all, like Live Nation, AEG, all these people, like they need to make money. But these artists also need to make money as well. Like, yeah, you're talking about people who haven't performed in over a year, um, and you know, festivals. Obviously, like they have the headliners, like you know, like your Towers and Brockhamptons, and you know, like like you know, whatever. But they also book a lot of like lo- like like unknown artists. And you know, non like headlining artists too, 
who have been sitting at home and they, they need they need that bread you know um there's an artist i follow and he's got booked for like three festivals this year and like you know and i won't say their name just because but like they're so excited like they're so excited to get booked to these festivals because like their first show they've played in, in like over a year and like they've been basically on the on unemployment and like trying to make ends meet and now they got this festival money coming in which is like good money you know um so it's also, you know, it's not just about like the like the top tier artists, you know, like like a Cardi B. Like it's also about like some of these artists that, you know, are that they they play like the eleven a.m. slot, but they're getting paid and they're getting yes. out there and they're getting their names out there. So um, we, you know, as as fans of music, I mean, we definitely got like keep this industry going. Um, so yeah, I, I'll do whatever it takes, basically. So. Yeah. And then I've realized in like the last week, I've kind of been keeping track and you see a lot of, you know, a lot of bands themselves are just outright saying that, hey, you know, anything we play in the future is going to have to be fucking vaccine mandatory. I know Jason Isabel apparently canceled the show recently because uh, he got fired for venue. I think it's in Houston where they were like, they might, you know, he wanted to have it to be, vac- you know, heavy COVID protocols. And they were just like, fuck it. So we kind of canceled it. I know another act, um, Special Interest, which I, uh, a young punk band from Louisiana. I know that they had a nice little fall tour planned going into New York and everything else. And they've kind of killed a lot of those plans to where it's a couple of dates in D.C. because effectively that was the only venues that they felt comfortable playing in the yeah. pandemic. And so I think is the idea of where even 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 as like like customers even as like the audience it's our job to help these people feel safe because you know it, it goes both ways where you know you know nobody wants to go to you know i think even your most hardened fucking you know to the right politically act that you are certain exceptions but like you know you don't want to read the next day that you know three people died as a result of your show you know what i'm saying yeah like yeah. like at, at the end of the day i think even though ones who aren't really getting it understand that that's a bad thing. So I think it's also up to us to make sure these places are safe because, like you said, these people want to make money. And, you know, I, I, I want to see more live arts. I want to see more new culture and young bands and things happening. And, you know, we kind of have to move the fucking, you know, Lord knows, you know, a greater society, a government really isn't doing the work there. We got to do that work. A lot of it is just kind of like, A, supporting them when they can, and then B, kind of, you know, making it a point of where when you do show up for these shows, you're able to kind of make it safe for everybody involved. And that kind of requires, you know, if, you know, maybe you can't get vaxxed for whatever reason, at least making sure your test is there, at least wearing the mask, you know, it's kind of all of us to kind of do our parts. And I, I I think that, you know, considering the way, you know, again, shit show of a fucking planning out. You've got a mega festival, Lollapalooza, you know, even with some of those gaps, you really can't cover in a festival that size. You know, the fact of where those rates were fucking so low because not 100 percent, but most of the people did the right thing, I think is the important thing to do. So, like, you know, everybody just go out there and just kind of do your part and like, you know, see you all out there in the pits. So you're out there paying, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be there paying $25 for some Bud Light, you know what I'm saying? A 20 ounce can of Bud Light, you know, maybe $16 for some lukewarm, you know, grocery store frozen burgers, you know, see you, see you at the merch table, maybe buying a, you know, $45 hand shirts, you know, we could, we could experience these things together. I, I will not see you in the pit. <laughs> I will still be doing the live stream. <laughs> Come the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say come in the water's warm, but I don't think that sounds enticing pre or post COVID. 
You don't want to get breathed on by a whole bunch of just, just, you know, burly men. You know, that's my personal favorite. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> perhaps a beer thrown at your head. That's another thing I love personally. No, 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 you know, no. perhaps walking through the crowd and getting groped because maybe they thought you were female. Or maybe they thought you were sexy. You know, just sexual, mm. like sexual assaults. Mm. I miss all these live shows things, Stone. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously though, come on man, live shows are awesome for the most part, you know. And I think, oh, but I have a theory by the way. So all those bad actors, I'll make an argument by making it vax card only. The guy gonna grope random girls crowd surfing. The guy out there fucking throwing beers. The guys out there trying to fight for the hell of it. Those guys aren't getting vax cards. I'll make an argument right now, folks at home, in this small period of time, if you want to go out and experience live shows, it's probably the best time to do so. Let's chuds. So, you know, be motivated by that. You could could show up. Everybody's nice. Everybody's happy to play there. It's a great vibe, man. You know, once once this COVID's over, back to somebody pissing on your shoes in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Because fucking you're (laughs) too dark and you couldn't see what's happening. So, you know, get, get facts. Come join us in the fun. (laughs) <laughs> and on that note, La Musica. Ah, new this music. This week, one of our rap elders, you know, I could easily, I, is there any, we could, Elmatic is the greatest hip-hop album of all time, right? Maybe top five. Yeah, I, I would put, I would say it's the greatest hip-hop album of all time. Yeah, I, I think you could, it's, it's not much, you could, you could definitely debate the greatest rapper of all time, career, everything else, but as far as a body of work, it, you'd be very hard-pressed, you know, to, outside of genre, honestly. It's it's probably one of, the, it's actually, it's probably, it's definitely one of the greatest albums of all time, period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, you know, Nazir Jones, you know, rap scholar, you know, long-term, long-term defender of real hip-hop has dropped King's Disease 2, his sequel from his, I guess, comeback record of last year or so? Is it is it the comeback record? Is it just a regular drop? Who knows? I I feel like he's just bored at home. <laughs> he's too, too much, you know, too, it's, I mean, after a while, you know, he's got his little, you know, mass appeal fucking media empire. He's got some restaurants, you know. He's like a tech investor. You know, you know it, it, like, it comes times in between. Ventures, yeah. It, like, yeah, you know, so, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, we got King Disease 2, you know, new Nas album. Um, as pretty much every Nas album since Elmatic, divisive. I feel like that's the one yeah. constant. Yeah. I thought, yeah, it's one. Yeah. This, even when it's an album that's critically acclaimed, like you could say, like Stillmatic was definitely a return to form. We still had that beef where you know people were still debating who won. So it's like you know, it's, he's he's yeah. the, the most controversial rapper since Eminem. Who was who was featured on this? Uh, this uh, album? The old today, yeah. but uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, it it was a uh, it was interesting release because uh, it was it was announced suddenly maybe a week before, popped out Friday, and uh, it's a new Nas album for better or for worse. It's the most divisive album I think I've I've heard, in, I guess this year, um, half the people I talk to love it, and they're like, yo, like you know. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's really good old man hip hop. The other half is just, they're, they're, you know, they just, I, I feel, you know, they're chasing that Nas of, of yesteryear, right? And I feel like that's been Nas's crutch for a long time is that, yes. like, he put out something so good that it's, it's, and he's never going to capture that. 
right? That's like lightning in a bottle. Like it's just never going to happen. But he's always going to be compared to that. Like every album, it's like when is Nas going to have his return to form, right? Um, whereas I feel like Jay has been able to kind of you know, I feel like he, he like Jay kind of you know, like started good and then like had a really great arc and like. Dip, dipped, but then it's kind of had like these peaks and valleys, right? Where it's like, okay, this is kind of like Jay's return to form. And I feel like we haven't seen that with Nas, right? Um, and this album, it literally, it, it felt like he was bored and he just like put some, you know, like called up some producers and like, hey, send me some beats and just like went to a studio and like, you know, dropped some things. It's very old men hip hop. It's very old man hip hop. It's very. Nas just doesn't seem like excited on this album <laughs> to me. Um, I don't think it's a bad album, and I listened to it a few times. Um, and I actually like did the car test, you know, dumps in the car, like the beats are solid, like you know. Um, but it's very much kind of like you know, Nas is kind of like shower thoughts, like what if Luzi, <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert was on a primo beat, <laughs> you know, it's just like. <laughs> Shower thoughts. I like that. Lots of shower thoughts. <laughs> um, I didn't have a chance to give it a full listen, but I, I, I think, and I think you nailed it. It's an idea of where, so Nas, again, in general, and it's really hard to have your debut be that huge across yeah. music. You know what I'm saying? It's generally why you always have that cliche where the sophomore album either you know, does a weird left turn. You look, you look at Nirvana, where Nirvana comes out, and even though it technically wasn't their first album, you know, the, as a band with Dave Grohl drumming, you had fucking Nevermind, which was insane. And then, you know, they had to go figure something else out for fucking In Utero. They had to go to a little indie, you know, angrier producer, Steve Albini. It's, it, they intentionally kind of stepped back because it's really hard to recreate that magic. Um, yeah. To Nas's testimony, though, he really has it. You know, like, you know, even from, was it, it was written with second one or I am? I forget what the second record was. Uh, was it, it was really maybe it was it was, either way album number two you know he had he had yeah. fucking Lauren, Lauren Hill singing hooks he had some some more you know at, like uh, more storytelling songs like Nas is somebody to his testimony hasn't really tried to do another Elmanic even with Stillmatic I would make an argument still wasn't necessarily the same you know it was still a different record so I think the issue of like you said with Nas the idea of where He's, his rapping has stayed top tier as far as technical ability is concerned, but he's also grown as a human being. I think yeah. for me, we're kind of guessing it is the idea of where it's going to sound weird. Similar to Jay, I don't know what I want to hear from them now at this stage of their lives. Um, I do think that Jay Z is interesting. He's, he's the most interesting when he's put into a corner. Um, yeah. I thought that, you know, 444 as a comeback record where, you know, we're talking about the issues in his marriage is an important record. I thought uh, his his record via Stealth J Electronica <laughs> <laughs> after the NFL controversy, you know, where he's kind of like, you know, soft defending it on some bars and definitely kind of upping his bars. I think that's where, you know, because at, at, at those periods of times, you've had somebody who wanted to say something about his life and somebody who wanted yeah. to defend his actions. That's very important. I think Nas, unfortunately, has stayed not. I'm gonna say this kind of with a caveat: controversy-free. So as a result, somebody who's just investing, who's got a you know a little media empire, who's got a record label, who's got a couple of restaurants, what are you necessarily saying? 
And I, I think that just kind of what Nas is kind of putting out there, it sounds like, you know, old black men raps. And I don't mean that as a negative, but as the idea of where, you know, I wish there was something that you wanted to say. It'd be, you know, like, again, I know people get mad at, you know, Jay-Z's Basquiat bars, but it would maybe, maybe it wouldn't be too too crazy here. Like, you know, Nas talk about fucking, you know, owning a business, owning a restaurant. I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I and I think is and it's gonna start. This is where I'm gonna get the, not, the haters on both sides. I think I realized why what the issue is. You could make an argument that Jay Z is relatively cold and calculated as far as personas concerned, but he does kind of open up the light a little bit. You know, he'll talk about his own failures. Even back in the hustler days, a lot of that reasonable doubt wasn't necessarily about Jay Z bawling out, but it was also the fear of getting caught out there. You know, there's still some emotional there. Um, Nas is is is. is easily one of our best rappers ever but there's there was always a sense of and i don't want to sound this because make it like sound like he was fake but detached journalism he was always observing what was happening he was always yeah. writing down what was happening there was never an eye it was like this is the world we, it, even when he was talking about his eye it was more like almost he was in embodying different like personas and i think that's what the issue here is the fact of where with Nas, there's always a sense of coldness, and he kind of falls back to the same old Nazi tropes. Or I can't even say Nazi tropes, hip hop tropes that I've heard a thousand and one times before. I mean, that's, that's a really good observation because I, I do think Nas is a storyteller, but you know, when you don't have like stories to observe, right? Like, Nas is not really like street level anymore. You know, Nas is it's kind of like you know, probably, probably just like talking to his accountants every day. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I think he, he like, especially in this, this album, um, he kind of leans back into like the, that nostalgia. It's kind of like more of like, I'm telling these stories that have of things that happened like back in the day of like say me and Tupac and like things like that. Um, and I think, yeah, it just, it, it becomes more old man rap when, when you do that and when you try to lean back into that. So I think that's kind of like the trap that he's kind of unfortunately set for himself. Um, you know, it, it, and it sucks too. Cause I, I do think like Nazir, even though most everybody kind of didn't like that album, I thought it was pretty great. I thought, I, I wouldn't say pretty great, but there's some, some tracks on there, like Cop Shot the Kid, that, that I kind of felt like yeah. was returned to form. Um, so he has it in him. Um, and I think that was kind of like, you know, just spurred by like him being in the room with Kanye. Um, so, you know, I, he has it in the, I may, maybe like Jay needs to diss, diss him again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what needs to happen. Right. No, like no, maybe no, there needs to... <laughs> no, nobody wants no AARP beef. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> AARP sponsored beef. Nobody wants that. Bro, um, they're not even that old, man. Yeah, you know, like, like, gonna be that old soon. I know, I know, I know. Look, I'm, I'm, I, I, I hate because I love. But yeah, oh, no. Uh, life pro tip: didn't know this. Anybody can join AARP. Ah, uh, you don't have to be a senior. There's yo, no age limit. Oh, get 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 those get, get those, those twenty that thirty percent off, baby. At that Denny's, get those discounts. Da, da, da. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> I mean, I make it. I feel like we've all we're all AARP now after the pandemic, though. I feel like we're all <laughs> we're all bitter, cynical, sixty-two year olds right about now in our souls. Even if you're like twelve, <laughs> ordering Bloody Marys and Scotch in the rocks. But, uh, 
But yeah, no. And, and the thing is, I think that's what the issue is. The idea of Nas is a storyteller, but what do you do if you're not a man telling stories? What do you do for a man where, you know, like you're taking meetings, you've got secretaries, you've got assistants. You're, and I'm not saying that necessarily Nas has to be out there in the streets, but it's the idea of where if you've kind of lived a certain life of a certain level, you know, what happens there? And I, I think that, you know, I think that, a, like here, like I think a Nas definitely has a here my dear record on in him about, let's say, his marital woes, that would be fantastic. I think if anybody could do that, it would be him. But it's the idea of where, how do you, you know, you, you've got a controversy there where apparently he was abusive. Nas has never really been that open, you know. So it makes you wonder, or that vulnerable. So it makes you wonder, like, you know, like like, like I said, it's he's there. He's got the talent. It's just, I think it's how does he transition into his older man phase? How does he kind of put those worlds together where what he's observing is also interesting? He's seeing these new things. Because like I said, he does have a different perspective, but I don't even really hear it in these raps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do have to say, like, Life is Good was, I guess, his response album. Oh, yeah. To Khalees. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I do want to talk about two... Um, of uh, the contributors to this album, um, one was Eminem, who also just I I, I Eminem sounds comical to me because he's also like you know basically near his fifties, and like why are you still so angry? Yeah, you're the richest man in hip hop. You are a white man. Why are you why are you angry? Although he didn't, he didn't come off as angry with his, his with his lyric, but it was still kind of like dude, you're, you're still angry, um, and then. Your girl, Lauren Hill. Yes. Miss <laughs> Miss Hill. Miss Lauren Hill defending her lateness. I forgot what the line was, but he's like, I you know, I'm giving you gems basically and you're arguing about t- what time I show up. <laughs> <laughs> um it, you know, I think like what actually got me to listen to this album was a friend saying, oh, man, so happy. I'm so happy to hear Lauren Hill, like, rap again. Lawrence rapping. Oh, my God. Like, this is great. And I listened to the rap. I'm like, yes. But it's not enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it goes back to the idea of where a lot of this was kind of nostalgia. And I'm not mad. But, like, oh, ready for this? The king wears no clothes. Mm. Yeah, there mm. it is. There it is. Uh. The fusion wars. But yeah, no, it's the idea of where, like I said, it's, it's it's window dressing, and I wish it was a little bit more depth there. And like I said, is and I and I hate saying this because, you know, just because Jay and Nas are kind of always, you know, their legacies are kind of tied together. And like I said, is Jay's infamously a person where there's a certain level of aloofness there traditionally. But like I said, it feels like at least time we let you in. I, I wish Nas would kind of let us in more. You know what I'm saying? Nas is always trying to be a little bit too cool. I want to hear Nas talking about his fuck-ups. I want to hear Nas talking about, you know, and I, and I get perhaps maybe why he might not admit it, but I think in general it'd be nice to hear a lot more about Nas's failures and his wins. That's all. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's on that note. I think we're going to end it... You know, on yeah. our elders, you know, you know, because fade out, you know, play that smooth Al Jarreau. I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say smooth rap, but I was like, because there's not really any smooth. Because I was going to say, actually, I was like smooth rap. Then I was like R&B rap. Then I was like Daddy Kane, right? Besides yeah. the fact that people hate his R&B era. But then I was like, what would count as like smooth rap? S- smooth, like... 
like when not, you say smooth. All right, so like there's some smooth ass rap tracks, but you're trying to say smooth as in adult contemporary smooth, right? Like if I have if I, if I have the brand new Jaguar, right? Brand the brand new Jaguar from 1984, you, know, you know what I'm saying? All green, green leather, and I'm gonna sit there. I'm gonna drive out to you know to to the AARP meeting. <laughs> or what would he playing? What would he be playing in his car? It doesn't have to be like smooth, meaning in you know like that. I'm thinking it's gotta be something southern, right? Well, I was gonna say like, um, like Guru. Guru, like, yes, get, yeah, get Guru. Maybe not Gangstar, but definitely Guru Soul Records. Yeah. Who else? Like all the Jazz Matash shit. Um, Digable Planets. Digable Planets. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's like smooth, smooth. But, I don't know, hmm. I, but I see what you're trying to get at. Yeah, like, like it's not. I, I, I see what you're trying to get at. Though. Like Sunday morning, but it doesn't have to be like you know tame, but like that, like you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, I, I I I that's 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 tough. Who's who's the Anita Baker of rap? Yeah, who's Anita Baker? It's just true though. Who's the Anita Baker of rap? <laughs> I feel that everybody's too big. Everybody's too concerned with being the biggest and best rapper out there. Maybe you all need to be concerned about who's the Anita Bakers. <laughs> <laughs> who's Tony Braxton? That's I, I'd be the Tony Braxton of rap. I'd be chilling. Who is the to- yeah? Who is the Tony Braxton? I'll I'll, like, do, like, I'll take it. I'll do that. I could. That could. I, that's a great <laughs> life, man. <laughs> you have like a residency. Yeah, Tony Braxton in Vegas. Come like, on, man. Like, you know, not trying to. You know, you don't have to be. Uh, come on, like again, greatest. You know, we we don't all have to be like fucking Whitney. You know what I'm saying? Some of True. us could be, you know, Pam from Totals. You know, I I'm, I'll be happy with doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I could do Pam from Total. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, everybody out there, stay safe, stay well, stay protected, get that fax, get that mask, get you know what I'm saying? Don't be out there breathing on each other strangely, you know what I'm saying? You know, on the outside of sexual stuff, I don't know, I, I feel like I had to that reverse stipulation, that creepy stipulation, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but long story short, you know, stay safe. We're not out of this pandemic, we're going to get out of the pandemic soon, and stay vigilant, you know, we love y'all. Peace. Peace.